Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Welcome to another GeoMob Podcast. This evening, it's my pleasure to be talking to Chloe the Cartographer, or Chloe Bolland, as she's known in real life. Chloe is a cartographer with a very different focus. Her bio says that she's been both drawing and playing games since childhood, drawing maps for fantasy books, role-playing games, computer games and board games, and she combines both a love of maps with a love of stories and games. Uh, She says it's about as much fun as childhood could ever imagine. She says that she's particularly interested in exploring new ground with her maps to draw in new styles or new ways of using old styles or apply tried and trusted techniques to new and interesting challenges. Um, That sounds fantastic, but Chloe, you started off as a PhD in physics. Um, This is not the normal journey into Carto, and how did you get from being a physics geek to being a map geek? Hi, thank you for, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm still a physics geek, and in fact, um, and there's obviously, you don't get to draw many maps while you're doing a physics PhD, but I did get to draw a lot of diagrams, and you have to illustrate quite complicated things. So there's a similar challenge, um, and a lot of the uh, graphs and il- illustrations you have to produce for a PhD are quite complicated. But um, no, I was drawing maps before, long before then. I was drawing maps when I was um, learning to play Dungeons and & Dragons, and I was drawing imaginary boards for board games uh, as a child. Um, and I, I never stopped loving maps. I never stopped loving drawing. Um, and I still like to think I'm still a scientist, even if I don't do much physics. So I, okay. I try and bring some of that into some of my maps. And so right. we, can, we can talk about that in a bit. But a, I, one of the things I like to do is, is, is think through and bring in some realism, some science, some thought you know, within the, the, the creative um, maps. And, yeah, I can't help it but put a bit of physics in there sometimes. Okay, because I noticed I looked at some of your work on your website and some of it reminded me of sort of late 19th century illustration. I can remember sort of the H.G. Wells type books, you know, oh, and yeah. the illustrations that went with those and the Jules Verne books and those sorts of things when I was a kid, um, showing how old I am here, obviously. <laughs> but actually I saw some of that in your work, sort of that sort of old-fashioned sort of science fictiony type illustration well the 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 really old um science fiction illustrations all um got particular printing and and i have tried to emulate um, 18th 19th century printing in the last couple of maps where you've got that distressed look for the lines and the text and i I think i figured figured out a pretty good way of doing that so i want to do that more right completely i'm saying you know i've got that map of the um cross section of a mountain with an underground city and, and i've heavily pushed this um, you know, industrial or pre-industrial printing uh, kind of style onto that to give it that pseudo early science feel to it. Bit of geology in there. Bit of geology that the internet told me was wrong. Fair enough. Fair enough. I need Doesn't to learn that. some geology. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's fantasy. Anything goes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got upside down mountains are fine. 
Yeah, well, this is it. It's funny. Um, you know, you post this map and everyone's going mad for it. There's a game called Dwarf Fortress where people are saying, oh, this is great. You post it on a particular part of Reddit and the geologists come out and they're like, no, you can't have those two layers next to each other like that. No. I'm like, it's got underground monsters and it's inhabited by dwarves. But yeah, fair, fair play. I'd like to learn. And I actually, I, I was chatting to them. I'd like next time to do another map where I perhaps think about the geology, learn a bit and, and make it so that it does stand up to the, you know, the real experts. Yeah. But then you're bound to get a monster expert coming along and telling you that you got the no monsters doubt. wrong. No doubt. But, but to, to most readers of the map, they may not have that knowledge, but they can kind of sense that there's that realism. The fact that I'd put the stratas of the, the layers of the rock and I'd got faults and I, I'd, started that journey of realistic geology gave the map some level of um realism that people instinctively understood and yeah okay you meet a geologist it doesn't stand doesn't last a second um that's fine um and they can they still enjoy it (laughs) so just before we get to talking about one of your maps and uh i just realized cartography isn't a full-time job for you at the moment is it no it's not i over the last few years, I've started taking paid commissions. So I am, you know, doing uh, work for, for money in a professional capacity, but it's, it's, it's in my spare time. And I can fit it in quite well because um, I do most of my work uh, hand drawn on an iPad. So I'm not tied to a desk. So I can, I, I can work on my wow. commute in and out of London, but, you know, or in front of the television. So I get quite a bit of time in. Um, Will I go full-time on the maps? Maybe at some point. It's certainly okay. a dream. Um, okay. At the moment, I, I enjoy my day job. It's with computers and, you know, it appeals to other parts of my thinking. So, yeah, at some point, I think, maybe. Okay. So, let's talk about, I mean, what introduced me to you was um, we both occupy the Mastodon space and you've been posting work in progress on your is it called the mave map yeah it is i've actually finished that now and i haven't posted the final one so i'll post that pretty soon um, um i'll make sure it's out in time for your your listeners um uh, and that's a that's a map for a novel um for uh, someone who's self-publishing a novel which sounds you know, very exciting. She, she told me all about the story and the world building and these, um, you know, realms. They've got these duchies um, all, all surrounded by mountains and a, and a strong dragon theme where there's these dragons that prevent f- free movement between um, the countries. It, it sounds like a great book. I don't know how well it'll do. It doesn't, that doesn't matter to me. I, I, I loved working with the author and I haven't done that a lot, actually. Most of my work so far has been for role-playing games, board games. So it was really, really fun. To, and I'd like to do more novels. This isn't just a, a random illustration. This is a map of the landscape of the book. It is. And it is helping an author bring um, her world to life. And in fact, what I'm learning is it's so much fun to work with authors because they're, they're often very descriptive. They've got this image in their mind that that you couldn't even put onto paper as it is of their world. And so you help them to make it concrete. I think a long time ago, Terry Pratchett in an interview said that he, um, he didn't think his world could be mapped. 
and, and then someone went through <laughs> the books and took notes and managed to create um, a Discworld map and a, a map of the cities. And when he saw it, he's like, yeah, that's what it is. I knew it. And, and so I think that's fun, right? You're able to bring something to the author within the bounds of the, you know, all of the things that they've put in place, they tell you about the cities and the relationships. And uh, it, I really enjoyed this one. It, it, it's, it's so much fun helping someone visualize. You know. Sounds great. And actually, I'm, I'm reminded of the sort of founder of fantasy cartography, which is probably uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Um, and he drew his own maps. And, uh, and I don't great. know whether you went... <laughs> They are fantastic because there was a there was an exhibition a few years back now at the Bodleian of well it was all sorts of Tol- Tolkien stuff that they had collected um, but it was the maps that got me to go up to Oxford to see it and the amazing thing about his maps was that they had scale to them and he had worked out in the various books of the Lord of the Rings, you know, there are numerous epic journeys that the characters make. And he had worked out that if they were travelling on horses, they would travel at such and such a speed and they'd cover the distance in so much time. And if they were going by foot, it would take them so much time. And the little people would travel at slower speed. And he got all of this from creating the maps and having a sense of distance between the various places. It was absolutely amazing. The maps are brilliant. You, you're constantly referring back to his maps um, uh, when you're, you know, reading the books. You're just kind of looking where you are. I mean, I, it's probably where the start of my love of maps came from, reading those books w- with my family while growing up. And yeah, they're, they're unrivaled. Something about them. And that style, we've not seen that before with the red and black. I, you know, I've, I've done a red text on black map in, in honour of that. It's hard. It doesn't look as good as his. So, um, the Maeve map, how long did it take? How, how big is it? I mean, it's a digital, so it's not got a size. It's too big, actually. It's too detailed for, for the novel. The, the author's going to um, print it up as a poster. Um, she wanted that. But if I'm honest, I've overdone it. Um, and that's something to, to learn for the... Because I, I do a lot of maps for poster size. So, right. um, you know... Um, and I've started selling some of my maps as posters. Um, but, um, so it is, it is a little too big. It's, I think, 8,000 pixels across, which is pretty standard. Seven or eight, six, seven, eight thousand is, is where I normally work at. And um, it gives me, it means I can work and, and rescale things and, you know, make some sort of rotate things and not lose too much quality because there's a bit of extra resolution there. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of detail. It, I think it took 40, to 50 hours um um that's about about standard again for my maps maybe a little bit more actually because the border was uh, unusually detailed uh, with all these dragons climbing around um the trees um but um yeah that's about that's about what i aim for and you know i price my commissions with that in mind 40 or 50 hours so you can do that on an ipad it's in, that one is entirely on an iPad. Sometimes I do some work on a computer if I'm trying to model. Um, in fact, that's not true. I did lay out um, the land and the mountains in a 3D application on the computer just to get some sense of you know that curvature and the perspective to make that look realistic-ish. Um, but I do work entirely on the iPad in 
a bit of software called Procreate with a couple of others, uh, other sort of bits of software filling in. And you use a pen or a yeah, stylus? Yeah, the Apple yeah. Pencil, as they call it. Is the, yeah. It's actually a really good stylus. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd used, I've used other styluses uh, on PC, and Apple is keeping up there. So I'm going to say now to the people listening to this, Chloe, that they should pause a second, go to the show notes where we will have a link to the Mave map and have a look at this map because I've seen just the samples that you've shown on Mastodon and the amount of detail in this thing to produce this on an iPad is remarkable. Yeah, I mean... One of the techniques I use is I do reuse assets between maps. It's pretty hard to tell, actually, if you look between my maps, but you'll see a few buildings have moved between maps, and and I rotate and then edit them. So I don't think within 40 or 50 hours I could get to the level of detail if I didn't copy mountains and buildings across. But every map, I'm putting something new in there. The dragons were new. I'll reuse those. So I'm building up this library almost of... Uh, of line sketches and I always recolor them for the map so that's how I get to the detail I I build up a really detailed line image using some things I've had before to fill in some some detail quickly and then I color it um and that's where we get to okay so tell me about another one of your maps pick a map that you'd like to talk about well, I'd, I'd like to talk about the um, uh, some more about this uh, dwarf um, city map. In fact, it's the one that's behind me. You can see right there. So, um, because I can see it, the people listening won't be able to see it. But we'll won't. give I them forget. a link. We are. I, I I need to learn to be on radio. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we can give a link to that map. So th- this was a, a commission from someone who was running a Dungeons and Dragons game, and he wanted somewhere for his players to. Um, explore a city. You know, he, he wanted a city that had been um, abandoned, and it and it was a city dug into a mountain. You know, that used to have dwarfs in it, and now is filled with who knows what. And I had this idea of instead of you know dwarfs, they're really into rock. Um, what what kind of a map would they do? Well, they might do a geological survey, right? That that would be their map. So the the players find this map as a as an aid, and it's not a map of the abandoned city it's a map of the city at its peak with a survey of all the all of the geology focused on the geology so the rocks get the most detail and color and the the rooms and um uh, corridors and you know whole parts of the underground city are negative space they're, they're blank marks and it and it works so well um and then as i said i went for this industrial style with lots of kind of almost schematics of working mine parts and machinery around the outside and and i love the idea of players in a game um you know having this thing and then having to work out you know what what this city is going to be like when they explore it now it's been abandoned maybe some caves have collapsed maybe some of the creatures the um dangerous subterranean fauna i've marked on there um uh is you know causing them problems but they also have this this kind of realistic player aid and and what was great with this commission is because it was for a game and the guy just wanted it for his game he was completely happy for me to to sell it so i I can sell prints i haven't sold many and i'm not expecting to make millions but i love the idea that some people have put this and you know other maps i've got on their wall that's that's amazing to me well i'm not surprised because it you know i mean even looking at it from 
over the back of your head. I mean, it's a spectacular looking thing, you know, and, um, have you done any work on digital games? Yeah, I've done a few, um, not many, and I'd like to do more. So I I did some maps for, uh, um, a game I forget the name of. I will find it and give you the notes, um, set in New York where they wanted a, a breakdown of the, different regions of New York and a, you know, a kind of um, a region selection screen. And I've got another commission coming up where someone wants a map of uh, a similar, actually um, uh, a world map and they select. So players can select when they're, which region they're going into. Um, But I mean, I see some beautiful maps um, in computer games. I'd love to contribute to, you know, some more computer games and the, and the indie game industries thriving with uh, creative people with, with all sorts of um, you know interesting things they're doing so it'd be fun to do more and presumably once as your name gets around more and more people come to you yeah. with suggestions for commissions you know so, uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm well off for commissions I, I always like to speak to more people because I'm interested in finding finding that synergy where there's a map I really want to do and someone who really needs the map I'm doing so I, I, I turn down or pass on quite a few commissions if they're not passionately exciting to me right because you know I'm, especially while I'm doing this in my spare time I, I have to be choosy but um that's quite that's quite nice because that means I can explore something new with, with with every map I can make sure I'm pushing myself not repeating the same thing which I want to yeah. do and I've got I've got so many ideas of of new kinds of maps I'd like to do things I'd like to explore um, styles I'd like to uh, experiment such with. as um I, I think we have a lot of a lot of our maps are very western themed so I mm. see a lot of if you look back at old maps there's some great um, Chinese and Japanese um, ancient maps and they use different pigments different colors there's a lot of yellow a lot of blue in there um, that you don't tend to see yellow blue maps. Um, we tend to, to go for other color schemes, and and of course they have that beautiful writing. So a map that evokes something eastern would would be really interesting with the right fit setting for a game or book or or or, or story of some sort, and that would be interesting. I'd like to do a really accurate emulation of some of the older maps, uh, an older sea map or. Um, because nautical maps are really interesting, you know, the way they map the the depth of the water as, as known by uh, plumb lines. And that I, th- I think that would be really interesting. Or even older still, um, trying to mimic the cartographic techniques of, of history. Because I think a lot, I love a lot of current fantasy maps, but they all follow a style quite similar to the Maeve map, where it's a, a cartoony representation of old maps. That's fun, and I want to be yeah. able to do that. But I'd also like to do something that looks like an old map, and, and that would be really interesting. And there's great potential to sort of elaborate on the non-map features, you know, uh, the dragons and the big fishes and the boats and all the other things, all the artefacts around a map. You know, when you look at those old maps... yeah. They filled in the spaces beautifully. Oh, they did. And and it's really interesting. I've, I've experimented with that a bit, but I think I'd like to try and do a really accurate version. The the um, the illustrations around the side are all um, printed. I think they're normally um, etched 
um, and then printed. So, um, you know, woodcut in the oldest or something more modern after that. And so that's got a certain style, but it also means you, you, you've got to use a certain kind of mark to, to illustrate, you know, there's no grayscale. There's this thick black ink that bleeds, so it doesn't, you know, has a certain quality to it in stripes or hatches to to give you shading. Yeah. It's very skillful what they had to do to, to create those. And um, I don't think I could do it yet, but I'd like to learn. Um, okay. And digitally emulate that. So if I wanted to buy a Chloe map, how would I go about doing it? So I've got an Etsy store, um, right. which we can include a link to. And as I said, I've not sold many and I'm, I'm just enjoying the fact that some people are buying them. Some of my maps, um, a few of my maps are there. Um, obviously, because I do a lot of commissions, most of the time, the commission is for someone who doesn't unreasonably, uh, not unreasonably, doesn't want their map to be sold. Um, so a lot of the time, uh, I can't put the maps on my site. But, but more and more, it's something I'm talking to um, clients about because I, I don't think it harms uh, for, for many uh, commercial uses, I don't think it harms them for me to be selling prints, and I, and I like the idea. And particularly from you know maps that uh, are unusual, like like my dwarf um, city map, um, that's that's quite fun. And have you done commissions for sort of individuals, um, like yeah. gifts and things like that? Yeah, no, that that comes up quite a lot, um, and, and a lot of individuals just for their um, uh, just for their role playing game. That's that seems very right. because. People invest so much time in, in if they're running a campaign, um, uh, you know, of Dungeons and Dragons typically, but, but the, you know, other games as well, they, they could be investing two, three years in that game, in that world, that world that they've created. So investing in someone to bring that to life makes complete sense. Hmm. I, I've just done an update on a map, um, we can put a link to it as well, of, of a land called Nicaea, that, that someone who contacted me on Twitter, um, uh, who runs a game with his family and has been running this game for, I don't know, five, ten years with his family and this world he's created and they take it in turns to run the game and that, you know, his, his sons and daughters all play. Um, and he sent me a photo of it. You know, he ordered that map. I produced it and he, he got it printed massive and it's now right in the living room where they play the game on the wall. Wow. And, and they, that was a year ago. And then this, this year, just now, literally this last couple of weeks, um, I've done an update because they've had more games in the world and they've discovered more corners and they've said, Oh, actually, you know, we, we knocked down that tower and we, uh, <laughs> you know, and this, this, this town's now, um, you know, ruined and there's ghosts in it. And, um, we took over, we saved this one and, and that we know a bit more about this world down here. And so I've updated it for him and I've also, I've learned since so I was able to improve the colors a bit. Um, so that's quite nice. Uh, original commission and then an update because he wants to keep it current with the game. And, you know, it's no commercial application, but but he is quite happy to get his map there. So, do you think you can make this into a, a full-time career, or...? I, I'm, I'm certain I could. Um, it's timing for me. I'm enjoying what I'm doing at the moment. I enjoy my job in IT, um, you know, which, which pays okay. So, for now, I'm keeping it as it is. I'm more interested in learning how to draw new maps, maybe getting new commissions. I, I love doing maps for individuals, but I'd also like to get some maps for some of the um, publishers that people know about. I, I think I could compete in that space. So I'd like to. And, and novels is great. 
I'd love to have my map on a, a novel that gets um, published and people read because because heart, going back to that Tolkien map and how inspiring that was for me that that would be great yeah and if you do that see if you can convince the publisher to make it a fold out oh amazing wouldn't it be yeah Just because that was yeah yeah it's just, you know, when you've got that map, you really want it out because when you're on chapter 10 and chapter 20, you still need to be able to look at the map and see it. And you don't want to go back to the beginning and lose your thread. It makes it special as well. It, makes yeah. it, it says the map's important. Yeah. I mean, and there's some great maps, um, you know, I mean, everyone sees the map at, um, you know, at the start of Game of Thrones, that, that, that map yeah. that they pan across. Brilliant. It evokes so much so yeah I'd, I'd love to do that i guess the a map that was in the introduction to a seven series netflix or amazon prime epic would be quite a good map to draw I mean, you could dream can't you <laughs> trouble is i think those kind of companies they've got in-house graphic artists that can turn their hand to anything including maps but yeah but but you don't know, you don't know. You never know. I mean, I've had, I've had some limited success. Um, you know, I did, I did some maps for Freddie Prince Jr., the um, actor um, right. who, who runs a role-playing game and wanted um, some maps for his game. As they had a very cyberpunk future feel. Um, and that was great fun, working with someone famous. So you never know. You never know. But in the meantime, listeners, if you want a map for your role-playing game maybe you want a map for something else maybe you want something inspired by some vintage cartography then why not get in touch with chloe have a look at her work because it really is fabulous work i mean i'm so impressed you know i yeah i just loved it when i was looking at your website and i'm certainly got a couple of ideas that i'm going to talk to you about afterwards chloe it's been really great talking to you thank you very much for your time um best way to get in touch with you i guess is through your website yes? yeah there's a there's a contact form on the website i mean or you can find me on at either via the website on all of the social media and and direct message me there but the contact form works great zoe it's been a pleasure thank you very much for being on the GMO podcast thank you for having me Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter where our handle is geomob. Thanks for listening and hope to see you at a GeoMob event soon.